0: Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0, it is a Tuesday, the 23rd of January, good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, the best accident attorneys around, they are the title sponsor of everything Zaslow Show 2.0 you're involved in any kind of an accident, I send you to where you're going to be treated like family. 800-747-3, 800 747 We're very excited about today. You, you could hear the twinkle in my voice. You could see the twinkle in my eye. I mean, how good do I? I'm aging backwards. I'm like Benjamin Buttons now. I'm stress-free this morning. How about this? Last night, all right, I was up late last night. I'm doing stuff. And right before I went to bed, what did I tweet last night? You go look it up for yourself, all right? I tweeted, going to sleep. This is at 12.07 a.m. Going to sleep. Just said a prayer to Hashem. Hashem is God for all the Gentiles out there. Going to sleep. Just said a prayer to Hashem that I'll wake up to the news of Kyle Lowry having been traded. Sweet dreams, everybody. And what happens? I wake up this morning... And you get the woge bomb that Kyle Lowry has been traded. He was sent to Charlotte. He may as well have been sent to Siberia. And the Heat get rid of this guy. And they acquire a really good player in return in scary Terry Rozier. That's how you want to wake up on a Tuesday morning. That's the news that we're all looking for. That's what I'm talking about. So obviously we're in a great mood today. We're gonna do a lot on the Lowry trade. We're gonna do a lot on acquiring Terry Rozier. Everybody knows we got the NFL divisional round playoffs this weekend. Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores, with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile. You can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action, see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Okay. So, we're going to talk to ESPN. Uh, ESPN's Bobby Marks is going to join us on the show today. He's their NBA insider, former exec with the Nets. So, I'm looking forward to talking to him and getting his thoughts on the trade. We're also, look, this is a huge pro wrestling week. Huge pro wrestling weekend. This Saturday night, WWE Royal Rumble is in St. Petersburg, Tropicana, field home of the Tampa Bay Rays. You you know I'm going Royal Rumbles this weekend. WWE SmackDown, Ticketmaster.com is here Friday night at Kaseya Center, the last stop before the Rumble. This this Friday night, WWE SmackDown is here. We're going to have WWE guests throughout this week. We have Shotzi on the show today. Looking forward to having her on. You're going to love her. She's super sweet. So, obviously, the main story today is the heat, and we're going to talk to Bobby Marks about all that stuff, but Shotzi is also going to join us, and we'll do some pro wrestling with her. Now... So, there are a few things we want to hit on as far as this trade goes. First of all, just getting rid of Kyle Lowry. You know, like, for me, it was first and foremost, this is addition by subtraction. Get rid of this guy. He's been a sourpuss from the moment he got here. From the moment he got here, he has never been a Heat kind of guy. And when I say never been a Heat kind of guy, he has never ingratiated himself to to the fan base. He never felt like he enjoyed being, being here. And listen, Eric Spolster has said this a million times when it comes to bringing players here. Our organization's not for everybody. We're not for everybody. And this organization, the Miami Heat, were not for Kyle Lowry. Or, better yet, Kyle Lowry was not for this organization. It's going to go down as one of the worst trades the franchise ever made. But. They've at least now fixed it. They've at least somewhat corrected it, all right? And I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear from any people who defend Kyle Lowry. You're off your rocker. I don't want to hear from anyone defending Kyle Lowry. Look at what they did while I was here. Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. NBA Finals. They did it in spite of him. He was a lousy, lousy player. He was a lousy teammate. You even saw these last couple games coming up the bench. He can't get out there and talk about he's willing to do what's best for the team. At the start of training camp, he can't talk about he's willing to do what's best for the team. Last year, sitting out, and then he gets on the plane. You remember, they had the game in Philadelphia and missed so many games. He gets on the plane, travels with the team to Philadelphia, still doesn't play. Why? Oh, he's got family in Philadelphia. This guy was the pits while he was here. And this is also something that bothers me. And... and I don't know, maybe regular fans don't care about this. Maybe, you know, because I'm in media and my time with the Miami Heat, 13 years, may- maybe this is something that only bothers me. Kyle Lowry never did a single radio interview. Were you ever listening on on 560 WQAM? Were you ever listening on 790 The Ticket and Kyle Lowry was coming up on the show you were listening to? Being on my show when I was there. Part of the broadcast. Or Joe Rose. Did you ever hear Kyle Lowry pop on the radio? Let me ask you this. The winner's circle. On, on Sun. On the games on television. When did you ever see Kyle Lowry pop up in the winner's circle? And do a post-game interview. With Eric Reed and John Crotty. Or with Will Manso. Jeremy Taché very few times I could tell you now this is my second straight year not being on the heat broadcast but my fir- Lowry's first year here my last year on the heat broadcast every time the heat win a game you get a player bam out of bio comes on all the time tyler hero comes on all the time we didn't get Kyle Lowry one time not once cuz he doesn't want to do it He's not willing to do it. He, he was a bare minimum guy here. He was not interested in doing anything but collecting his money and playing the way he wants to play. It was all about Kyle Lowry. Come down here, make your money. He loves golf. Play a lot of golf. Live in the sunshine. He was brutal. And then from a basketball standpoint... Kyle Lowry has always been a brutal watch. When he was not on your team, you got all the bitching and moaning and the complaining, the flopping, the style of play was a very rough watch. But you're hoping you're a Heat fan. All right, when he gets here, at least he'll be our guy. It'll be easier to stomach that style of play. Well, it's one thing for the Raptor fan to stomach that style of play when he's still a good player. It's another thing For the Heat fan to have to stomach the belly aching and the bitching and the moaning when he's an awful player. He was a brutal watch from the moment he got here. And he he was never able to adjust. He was never able to adjust to, you know, being in the twilight of his career and having to do things a certain way that he's not necessarily used to. I mean, this guy on... Dwayne Wade's franchise, and by the way, on the night you is Haslam, of all people, his jersey was retired. In Dwayne Wade's franchise, Dwayne Wade came off the bench the final season and a half of his career, of his Hall of Fame career. The three-time champion, finals MVP, greatest player in the franchise, Hall of Famer. He came off the bench the final year and a half. Kyle Lowry Bitches and moans about coming off the bench when he sucks. Get out of my city. I can't wait to never see him again in a Miami Heat uniform. And that time has finally come. Thank you, God. I woke up this morning and my prayers were answered. Get this guy the hell out of my city. What a, what a beautiful morning. Kyle Lowry. Get out of here, man. And here's the best part. They sent him to Charlotte. They didn't send him somewhere where like, he's going to compete and, they, and he's going to have, have a good role on a good team. They sent him to Charlotte, the most bobo of a franchise. That's a bobo franchise. They sent him to Charlotte. That team sucks. They have 10 wins this year. That's the best part. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make sure to do right by you. No, do right by us. Sending you to Charlotte's doing right by us. He was brutal from the start. He was never a team first guy. It is, the, it is quite possibly the worst trade that this franchise ever made under Pat Riley. I mean, you know, you, you trade uh, you trade Steve Smith and Grand Log for Kevin Wells, that's very bad. Quite possibly the worst trade that this franchise has ever made under Pat Riley since 1995. What an embarrassment. That he wore number seven here. Goran Dragic is sacred number seven. And it's absolutely the worst contract they ever gave out. Don't give... First of all, you, you can never say Duncan Robinson anymore. He's been, he's been great for them this year. And at the very least, Duncan Robinson is the franchise's all-time three-point leader. Don't give me Hassan Whiteside. I've already told you. For that contract, and by the way, if they didn't give Hassan that contract, they wouldn't have been able... That's why you can't let the guy walk. You gotta pay him and you're okay with the money you paid him. The same way you're okay with the money that you paid Duncan Robinson because if it doesn't work out, you've created this this salary slot where you could then use that in trade. If they didn't keep Hassan Whiteside, they wouldn't have been able to use the money that they paid him in a trade for, wait for it, Jimmy Butler. And even when Hassan Whiteside was here, he, he fell out of bed and got you a triple double. This Kyle Lowry was the pits to have the balls on Udonis Haslam's jersey night. To say that he hopes coming off the bench was a one time thing so he can get back to doing what he's been doing the whole season. Go look at his numbers. He's been horrific this month of January. And now he's never our problem again. I, see, for me, I hate having to root for players. I hate having to watch players I don't like. And it wasn't even just about not liking him because of the production. Every time he was in front of a microphone, it, which, which was never on Sun Sports after a win, and it was never on the radio, because he was a bare minimum guy. Any time he was in front of a microphone or in front of a television... He oozed not wanting to be here. I hate having to root for guys that I don't like. And now, I never have to watch that guy again if I don't want him. Never have to root for him again. And the Heat have already played Charlotte all four times. We don't, I don't even want to compete against him. Who ca- I don't want to see him. And now we don't have to. This is a home run trade. Lowry... For Lowry and a first-round pick for Terry Rozier. Now, are there going to be more details that come out about this? Maybe it's first-round picks in 2027. I'll bet they're not even going to have to give up a first-round pick because it's one of those where there's protections and it's probably one of those where all right, it, it, it's lottery protected and if it doesn't convey in 27, it turns into two second-round picks in 28 and 29. I'm telling you, they're not even going to have to give up a first-round pick. I'll bet. But even if that's what it is, let's assume that they do in 2027. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, it's not like they don't have first-round picks. They have a first-round pick in 24. They're going to have a first-round pick in either 25 or 26, I believe it is. Then they don't have that one in 27. They have in 28. Like, whatever. You know, these teams hang on to these first-round picks like they're gold. I mean, they're valuable, but it's not that big a deal. It really isn't. And it's just one. And you have them the other years. You're not allowed to trade them in back-to-back years. It's funny. I I didn't I didn't think they were going to get this done this quick like yesterday. And I don't know if this is true, you know, I was going to do Twitter Jam today. We do Twitter Jam on Tuesdays. I had Twitter Jam all prepared and it was on Kyle Lowry Trade Rumors. Had to scrap it. So, we'll, we'll do Twitter Jam tomorrow. Had to scrap it. That happens sometimes when you're doing a show. You got News comes out right before you go on air. I'm glad I didn't start recording before, you know, coincidentally, the trade happened. And you, you, got, you got to adjust. I'm good on the fly. You Got to make some adjustments. So that's what we did today. And I didn't think that they were going to be able to make this trade this fast. Because it's almost like, why wouldn't they just wait until the trade deadline? See if something else opens up out there. Now, maybe the Heat know of something else that might open up and know that only trading away that one first-round pick is not going to prevent them from making another move. Do they even have to make another move? I don't know. I don't even think so. They solved a major problem. They added a player for nothing. They were getting nothing out of Lowry, and they needed serious backcourt help, serious ball-handling help. They added, a, they added Terry Rozier for nothing. This is a major, major boost. He's got two more years left under contract after this year at about $20 million each year. Very reasonable contract. The perfect kind of guy for them. He's tough. He's got a dog mentality. He could take big shots. He's very good in big shot moments. And he wanted to be here. Home run trade. And Riley does it again. And when I say Riley does it again, what I mean is he does it again where I would have thought in order to get something of value, Rozier, you would have had to attach Caleb Martin to Kyle Lowry. And now, because they didn't include Caleb Martin, they could still use him somewhere else. Now, what would be the big salary that you trade in getting uh, you know, along with Caleb Martin to get another player? I don't know. I mean, it, it would it Duncan Robinson, but I think he's too valuable right now. So I think this is the big move. I think this is the move right now. And I'm good with it because I thought we had enough anyway. And now we just added Terry Rogier for nothing. My buddy sent me a message this morning. He goes, Hey, is Rogier any good? And that's a valid question because for the last four years, five years, whatever it's been that he's been in Charlotte since leaving Boston. I mean, he's been in obs- living in obscurity. Who the hell knows what the Hornets are doing? They're a nothing franchise. And I go, he's averaging, he's averaging 23 points and 7 assists a game. He's shooting career highs 46% overall and 36% from three. Pretty good. That's what they got for nothing. For nothing. You want, you want to talk about, and this is a perfect third option. Like, like guys like Bradley Beal. You don't want Bradley Beal to be a third option here, what you're paying him. But a guy like Terry Rozier and giving up nothing? We all know this year Rozier's numbers are much better than Bradley Beal. I'm just using that as an example. Terry Rozier fits with his team perfectly. And Riley did it again. Not landing a really good player, but landing him for nothing. For, like, I don't understand how the Hornets made that trade. I can't wait to talk to Bobby Marks and figure this out. I don't understand how this was the best the Hornets were able to do for Rogier. It's very odd to me. And Rogier's having a career year coming from a franchise, a nothing franchise and now joining a real team, he's going to be even better here. Riley gone for nothing. They're very careful the Miami Heat with the moves they make and making them on their terms. This is a trade they made on their terms. They're never going to be bullied into making a deal, and they're never going to give up more than they value that player at. They make trades on their terms. And this trade here was on their terms. This is a very significant addition while giving up next to nothing. Home run trade. You hope that tomorrow is Memphis at home. Thursday, Boston at home? You got to figure he'll be ready for Boston. That's a TNT game, his old team. That's a TNT game. Will he be ready for tomorrow? I don't know. But the Heat fans should be very excited. Great day. Great day for the Heat fans. All right. You know what else is great? Sheets and Giggles. I love Sheets and Giggles. My man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, you know he's happy today. He's a huge Heat fan, huge South Florida fan. So not only are you supporting the sponsors who support the show when you go to SheetsGiggles.com, but you're supporting fans of our local teams. Go to SheetsGiggles.com, and you're going to get the best sleep of your life. That's what I've been doing for the past 10 months. SheetsGiggles.com, and use promo code Zazlo. You'll get 20% when you check out you're purchasing the best bed sheets around. The comforter, the, the match, eucalyptus mattress. I got a eucalyptus pillow. The bed sheets, the blanket. It's the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets you've ever slept on. And you're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans sleeping on sheets and giggles and never turning back. SheetsGiggles.com. SheetsGiggles.com. Promo code Zazlo, 20% off. SheetsGiggles.com. Okay, so a big news day, perfect timing for Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider joining us again on the show. Bobby's always real good to us, and especially on a day like today, where, you know, I sent Bobby a message, yes, I was like, hey, you know, we'd (laughs) love to have you on the show, maybe we could talk about some moves that, that the Heat could possibly be making, and then this morning I wake up and we get the news that the Heat did finally move on from Kyle Lowry. How long do you believe, Bobby, the Heat were actively trying to move Kyle Lowry?
1: Well, I mean, listen, anytime you have a player on a, on a $29 million expiring contract and the likelihood is that he's not part of your the future, um, that plays into it. And then I think, you know, the last week, two weeks of how they've played, um, I think certainly jumpstarts things where, listen, that Brooklyn game, they certainly could have lost um, and then they, you know, They lose the three games in a row. Two are really, um, I call it the malaise games, right? That Toronto game and then the game against uh, Orlando and you lose at the buzzer. And then it just kind of expedites things as far as, um, you know, trying to get a deal done. Like, it's funny, we're seeing a little bit of a trend. Teams always like to wait until the, the deadline to do things. But if you're Miami and like you know, hey, and if, or if you're Charlotte, if they think that's the best deal for for Kyle, um, for Rogier, like do it right now. Like we don't, you know, there's no rules saying you have to wait till February eighth here. And so I think that I think that sped up the process here. And it's funny we talked about it um, on NBA Today on Monday because I just went through kind of the financial element and I said, listen. A year ago or two years ago, the, the conversation between the, the heat front office with Andy and Pat and, and ownership with Mickey would have been like, hey, um, we're gonna make a trade and this is how it impacts our luxury tax. Or, you know, this trade they would have been like, well, we just saved $15 million, you know, like you know, and nowadays, now with this new CBA, it's like, all right, we're gonna make we have a trade on the table, and this is how it's gonna impact our, our luxury tax, and this is how it's gonna impact next year on based on how all these different rules are in place. And Anytime you trade an expiring contract for a player that's got um, uh, money left with who has got two years left after this year, then there's, you know, that conversation. And, but, you know, Andy, Andy and the group are the best in the business as far as dancing around that second apron, because what the second apron does, and the, and the second apron is projected at one ninety, is it eliminates you from, you know, sending cash out in a deal and, and putting money together. So if a, Donovan Mitchell, for example, became available, you wouldn't be able to combine money from your own team to go out and and do that. Now you lose a draft pick as part of it. And that's just the cost of doing business. But I've said all along, I just thought these $20 million guys are more valuable than max guys, just because they're like that, especially how Miami's got their books. It's like their fourth or fifth guy, you know, it's not bam and it's not Jimmy. um, And it's not, you know, heroes a little bit below that, but now you, you, you slide that in and, Um, so I think, I thought Kyle was going to move all along. I just thought, you know, like, is it, was it going to be now or closer to the deadline? But I do think how they played the last, um, last week and a half has really kind of pushed the needle a little bit.
0: What do you think? So from your experience in a front office, what's likely happening behind the scenes over the last couple of weeks? Yes. They had the bad losses to, uh, to Atlanta and to Toronto. And then they also lose to a good Orlando team, but Lowry came off the bench the last two games yeah. and was pretty sour about it after yeah. the games when speaking to the media. So what's this process like behind the scenes?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think there's a couple of things here. It's certainly the, the player demeanor. And is it a negative effect on, on our roster right now? um it's you know trying to help him out get to somewhere where maybe there's a buyout or maybe he can fl- be flipped again by february 8th i think what you don't want to do is you know especially for the from a player's perspective is be, is traded on february 8th and not be able to find another home unless you're bought out of your contract so i think you're, you're trying to help the player um in that process i think you're looking at the standings also i mean you're looking at the standings and all of a sudden like you go from being in that like Hey, we're we're number four. Right. And now you're like playing. Right. Like we're back into that playing group here when you look at how Cleveland has played and New York has played. And, you know, uh, Indiana's lost a couple of games since the Siakam trade and they go out and make a trade here. Um, and it gives you it gives you like that two and a half week window before. All right. We got our books in order. Right. We go under. Um, we save a bunch of money. We get under the second apron, right? We're like six million dollars, and that's important. And that's important more for the off season here, because if Miami would have finished where they are, they wouldn't been able to go out and buy a second round pick. They wouldn't been they, all those restrictions and come, in, come into place here. Um, is there a deal out there where maybe we save money? We've still have our trade exceptions. We've got a bunch of trade exceptions. You created a six point three in this deal. We still have a roster spot. So it gives you kind of a a two and a half week window where you can maybe, do we need another bid? You know, is there a guy out there that makes um, that, that makes sense for us?
0: How surprised are you, Bobby, that it only took attaching a first round pick. Apparently it's protected in 27. If it doesn't convey, it'll be unprotected in 28. I always thought if they were going to get someone significant, you'd, you'd probably have to attach Caleb Martin. I felt to Kyle Lowry. So two questions. How surprised are you that it only took the one first-round pick? And how unique is a team like Miami where they seemingly only make deals the way that they want to make deals? Like, they're never pressured into it. They're never bullied into giving up more. If they value player X at a certain amount, that's what they value him, and they don't go
1: over it. Yeah, there's a walkaway number here. In Miami, and you know this well, like, they don't rarely make in-season on-the-court tra- impact trades. I think the last one was back in, was it like 20 to 21 uh, trade deadline, which was in March when they went out and got like Trevor Ariza and- um, Jake Crowder. they yeah, got. That, yeah. That, yeah, that group around there. And that, that certainly helped them. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, listen, they had they had basically two number ones to work with because of um, they had a 25 first going to OKC that had, uh, had some protection on it. And- yeah, two for, um, for, um, Rozier would have been, would have been rich. Like, I, you, you got to leave something in the kitty as far as something go- comes down the road, um, eventually here. And, you know, the, the Martin thing, you know, with him, he's got a player option for next year. You know, you got to figure out as far as how he fits into, you know, what the plans are here. But yeah, I mean, Miami, like, as you said, they're not bullied into like the losing streak, you know, the three games and how they played didn't all of a sudden say, you know what? We're willing to offer one, but man, we got to do two now because we need this player right now. Like, hey, if they didn't make a trade for um, Rogier, okay, let's move on to plan B. Right. What's you know, who is it? Tyus Jones. Is it one of these guys out there that, you know, maybe we can get, you know, at the same at the same price?
0: How do you think Rogier fits in with the Heat?
1: Well, he's a bucket getter. Right. Like he's not kind of like a pure. And I think we've got we, what we, we've we gone away from the days of like pure point guards. Right. Like there's not like that idea anymore where we get scoring guards. Right. Like we get guys that can score. You can put Tyler at the point if you need to. But he's a guy that you really don't have as far as a bucket getter. A guy can kind of, you know, whether come off the bench or stuff, certainly will probably start. Um, but you know, can, you know, he can, he can get on a hot streak similar to kind of like, you know, Jordan Clarkson was another guy you like, we heard somewhat about here, but I think he'll fit in fine. I mean, I, the, the contract's really good as far as how it fits, um, you know, team that needs scoring, you know, team that, you know, um, over the past couple of years has, you know, struggled shooting the ball, except when they got into the, you know, last game of the playing and then Uh carried over, you know, like we forget, like this heat team was like, not good shooting the ball last year or during a regular season. And then you get, you know, you get on a roll in the playoffs here. And then like all of a sudden, like, you know, like, you know, things change a little bit here. But as you know, it's like an 82-game season is a grind here. And you need a guy that can come off come in and give you 18, 19 points, and it's not hero. And you know, maybe there are nights when you can rest Jimmy and you can still go out and win games.
0: I haven't looked at the betting odds yet today, but how much do you believe this moves the needle for
1: them? I think it moves it because you upgrade, like there's no doubt about it. Like it doesn't take a basketball expert to say when you, when you move a, um, you know, Kyle Lowry, who, you know, was somewhat ineffective and was now coming off your bench for a guy that was is a starter and, and is, you know, can, can, you know, 20 points plus per game. It definitely changes, you know, moves the needle here. Now, how does it move it closer to where Boston is? I don't know. But if, and I said this yesterday, when I, when I did my heat trade guide video, like, it doesn't matter. Like you've proven you can beat Boston. You've proven you can beat, you know, Cleveland and my, and um, New York and Milwaukee and all these teams here. Um, I just think it, you know, it gives you, you know, you know, three weeks or, you know, close to three weeks to like get a jump start until instead of getting a guy in February and then you get the get all-star break. And then you got, you know, like 25 games left here. Now it gives you, you know, an extra 10 games to, to work him into, into your system.
0: Do you think there's another move to be made for them? Because you you know, that you parted now with the huge salary slot in Lowry. And I don't know that the heat are very interested in moving Duncan Robinson. Like it would certainly matter who you'd get in return, but, this is probably the big in season move, right?
1: I would think so. I mean, if anything, maybe you do something with your trade exceptions you're you're still gonna stay under that second that hundred and you know that's that second apron here. Um, is there a three to four million dollar center backup center maybe that can give you a little bit of more protection as far as what you, what you have already. Um, you have to be careful, you know, guys that are bought out of their contracts, Miami falls into this bucket of teams where um, if that player um, salary was $12.4 or more, they won't be able to sign him during, you know, during the regular season. So you have to look at players below that. Like Gordon Hayward becomes available. You won't be able to go out and sign him based on kind of where these rules are. Um, so I think this is their big move, um, especially when you attach up one. Um, it's hard for me to think, think that they would go out and say, you know what, we're going to go out and give up another one here because right. when you get into the... Um, when you get into the off season, now your picks start to replenish a little bit. Now you can, you know, the night of the draft, you can trade your 24 first, you know, the draft, the the, the rights to that player. You can uh, move at 2030 or 31 first. Right. Um, and, it, and it just opens up and it gives you kind of more options.
0: Lastly here for Bobby Marks, from your experience in the front office, when trades are happening like this, you have a star player like Jimmy Butler, a star player in Jimmy Butler who was close with Kyle Lowry. Do they have a conversation with Jimmy
1: before the deal's made? I don't think so. I, I don't. I mean, you know, and I think, you know, that's an, you know, you know, for, you know, I think if Miami right now was 33 and nine and Kyle Lowry was playing on a pretty good clip, then that's probably a conversation. Maybe you have, Hey, this is, you know, it's going to disrupt our locker room and stuff like that. But I just look at where, where, the, where Miami's been. And as I said yesterday, it's kind of, they're in like a little bit of a malaise, right? They need a little bit of a kick in the butt here. Like it's not, you know, we can always say they're going to figure it out, right? Miami will always figure it out. And eventually you would get to the point where you're not going to be able to figure it out unless you get a little bit of a, of a, a talent increase.
0: Bobby, excellent job. Appreciate you spending time with us here today. Timing works out great. You're very good to us. Thank you so much.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Excellent job by Bobby Marks. No, that's exactly the way it went down. Like, I I sent him a message last night, like, kind of hoping that a Lowry trade would happen. I didn't think it was going to happen today. I mean, I had to put out the word to Hashem last night, said a little prayer before I went to sleep. Did I know that it, it was going to happen? No. But I sent a message to Bobby Marks last night, and, and then this morning, I was actually... I was hoping he wasn't going to cancel, because maybe he gets called to television, and he, and he can't do it, you know? But... He's really good to the show. Appreciate him. And, of course, all guests on Zazlo Show 2.0 are brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba, European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a cam. You know how we do here in the Zaslow Mansion. Hey! I'll get done with the show here. I'm gonna go pop open an ice cold Johnny. I'll I'll I'll, sit, I'll dip my feet in the pool. It's a little bit chilly. Can't actually go in the water, but I'll dip my feet in the pool. I'll have an ice cold Johnny Cuba. You know what I'm talking about. Official beer of Zaslo Show 2.0. Pick up a six pack for yourself. Your local Sedanos, Presidente, Win Dixie. Always make sure you're drinking responsibly. And don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra: Stay tranquilo. So we haven't even brought it up yet. The Florida Panthers had lost four in a row. They head back out on the road where they have been on fire. They're playing at the Predators are a pretty good team. So can the Panthers get back on track? They had no Sasha Barkov last night for the fourth consecutive game. Gustav Forsling was out as well. His family's expecting a, a new member. That's obviously great news. It was a scoreless first period. And then the Panthers finally get on the board in the second. They had four shots on their first. up by Reinhardt, he scores! Sam Reinhardt does it again! And the Panthers strike first, his 34th goal of the season, oh, the dads love it! By well, the Predators are guilty of just a little bit of a, a nap right off the draw, and you'll see Reinhardt, he just jumps in, and picks up that puck and just shovels it over the glove hand. So that makes it one nothing on the power play right quick. His 34th goal of the season. And you got the dads there. It's the dad's trip. All the Panther fathers are there watching in the suite. They're in Nashville. They got their cowboy hats on. Everybody's having a great time. So Sam Reinhart's 34th goal of the year makes it 1-0. The Predators get it back real quick. It's 1-1. We go into the third pitch. It's been a very good game. By the way, Anthony Stoller is in net for the Panthers phenomenal last night. Carter Hage gives the Panthers the lead. silver Hagee cuts in, Verhage's got a chance, he scores! Mr. Clutch, Mr. Third Period! Carter Verhage gives the Panthers a 2-1 to lead! Oh, that's a boot-scootin' boogie right there. Look at the father's urn doing the high fives. Yeah, there's Big Tom on the right, Hagee's dad, he loves it. They continue with the great goaltending from Stolares, the Predators... Pull the goalie with around uh, two minutes left, and the Panthers would ice the game. All the other shots from on those power plays. Six on five continues, face off win snapped all the way down. Bingo! Brandon Montour makes it three to one. That's the confidence that you're looking for. Brandon Montour has played a whale of a game. Panthers win the draw. More high fives. Hell yeah, Brandon Montour's second goal of the season. Makes it 3-1. Matthew Kachuk would actually score not too long after that. Another empty net goal. So three goals in the third period. Two of them empty net for the Panthers. Verhege gets the winner. Anthony Solers was awesome in net. And the Panthers snapped that four-game losing skid with a 4-1 to win. Excellent job next up. They are back home tomorrow against the Arizona Coyotes. They are hopeful that Sasha Barkov will be back in the lineup. So really good job last night. The Panthers getting the W. We wake up this morning. We got the Kyle Lowry train. This has been a very good past, uh, you know, 12, or 12, 14 hours here. You know what I'm talking about. All right. Huge win. I'm very excited. We're going to talk to Shotzi Blackheart in a moment here. WWE is here this weekend. Remind all you guys, Royal Rumble is Saturday. Last night, WWE Raw. I, I am not all the way through the show. I think I'm halfway through Raw. But I thought Seth Rollins was going to have to relinquish the title. He's not. He's going to rehab and recover, and claim. He, he thinks he's going to be back before WrestleMania. Raw was pretty good last night. You had Punk and Rhodes. What are they going to do, Royal Rumble? They're probably going to meet each other in the ring at some point. I'm very excited for Saturday Night Raw Rumble. Very excited. All right, so this is a major pro wrestling week. We have WWE Royal Rumble this Saturday night, the 27th. In St. Petersburg, obviously, we're going to that. And the night before, the last stop before Royal Rumble, Friday night is SmackDown here in Miami, Kaseya Center. This Friday night, Ticketmaster.com. You can get your tickets. Again, it's the last stop before the Royal Rumble. Shotzi is joining us here. She is going to be here in Miami. She will be in St. Pete for the Royal Rumble on Saturday. Great to have you on the show here, Shotzi. How many Royal Rumble matches have you been in so far? Oh,
2: okay. Uh, My first one was in 2020. So this one will be the fourth.
0: Wow. Wow. So, so what, what was now 2020? That was a great atmosphere. 2020 was right before COVID. Uh, what, What was, what, what did you learn from your first ever appearance in the Royal Rumble that you could take with you now? Because that's a hectic environment.
2: I mean, okay, so like I I had probably been signed for like two months at that point. And um honestly, I don't know that I learned much at that time. I think I was just soaking in um everything and just I, I don't I don't even know where my headspace was at the time. Like I was just like oh, oh my goodness, three months ago I was on the indies and now I am in a WWE ring at my favorite pay-per-view wrestling against like the most amazing women in wrestling and my mind was just blown so um I don't know that there was a lot of learning but there was a lot of um just in awe
0: (laughs) how about like you're you're, like you said I mean it's it's almost ever next to Wrestlemania I guess it's like everyone's favorite pay-per-view who grew up watching wrestling Royal Rumble so do you remember what it felt like that moment that your music hit for the very first time your first time in the Royal Rumble
2: Oh, I was just so nervous. But I tried to remember to just like take a second. Once I got out there to just look at the crowd and just soak in everything. Um, I it was just that moment where I was just like, wow, I actually made it. Beca- like I said, like I had only been signed for two months at that point, And I was already in the rumble. So um, yeah, it, like I, I was holding back tears for sure.
0: How did you come up with the name Shotzi? Uh,
2: so Shotzi actually comes from a musical I was in in high school. Um, my junior year of high school, I was in a musical called Star Mites. And I played Shotzi, who is like this evil banshee alien lady that ate um, humans um, and it kind of stuck. It turned into like my nickname in high school, and then I just kept with it. Um, I was actually Shotzi before wrestling, so it just turned into
0: my wrestling persona. Now, I-, I loved, I loved the full name Shotzi Blackheart. I know that's a thing where a lot of times you'll come up from NXT, you get to the main roster, and we just drop to to one name. What was that character in that place last name Blackheart?
2: No, Blackheart comes from my love of Joan Jett. Um, I, I love Joan Jett, so I wanted to pay tribute to her in my name. So uh, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I'm a Blackheart. Um, I'm I will always be a Blackheart, even though you don't see it on my Tron anymore. Um, I'm still Shotzi Blackheart for sure.
0: So you, as everybody can see, if, if folks are watching on the YouTube channel right now, and if you can't, uh, I mean, Shotzi had the long green hair you know, for as long as I can remember, your hair is very short now. You actually shaved your hair. I mean, obviously you shaved your head, but you actually did it on television in front of everybody, right?
2: Yeah, I did. Um, Which was really crazy. Um, It's weird having short hair now.
0: (laughs) And so were you nervous? Because I mean, look, anyone I imagine who shaves their hair for the first time is going to be nervous. But you're doing it on television. One take. You can't mess it up. There's no shaving my head a second time, you know?
2: That, that's true. Yeah, it's very nerve-wracking because I've never shaved my head before. Um, I didn't know how to use a razor until that <laughs> very moment. So I was um, trying to get advice from people. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. It was only one take. Um, and I just went for it but I it, it was it is a huge change because I've had the, I had the long green hair like my entire wrestling career so to go from that to shaving it all off was pretty wild
0: now I know you you did it because you want to support your sister you're honoring your sister and do, do I have the story correct where you, you had the idea to do this and, and you told you know creative with WWE like like I want to do this maybe we can make it into a story
2: yeah, that's exactly um, what it was. I, I was going to do it anyway to support my sister. Um, and I went to Hunter and I was like, hey, like, um, you know, I really want to do this. Um, if we can make it part of a storyline, that would be great. And uh, he was all on board. And then he, you know, um, went for it, got Bailey to be the instigator Um, in the process. And yeah, we made it happen.
0: That's so awesome. Like you must, you must have felt very supported by your coworkers.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, Bailey throughout the whole process was so great. And um, she had so many ideas going in and um, she really made it like, um, you know, her mission to make it important. And I think like what we got at the end, like when my sister finally saw the, um, the video, she was just so touched, like, she messaged me immediately and was like, Oh my God, that was so badass! Like, thank you. Like, so yeah, we, we got the reaction that we wanted. So yeah, my sister loved it. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. This Friday night, Kaseya Center here in Miami SmackDown. It's the last stop before Royal Rumble. You can get your tickets, ticketmaster.com. Congratulations on the marriage. I saw you got married a couple of weeks ago. Is your husband, is he a big pro wrestling fan?
2: He's a huge pro wrestling fan. Like, uh, probably even more so than me. Like, uh, I'm I'm actually in our toy room right now. And if you saw his side of the toy room, it <laughs> is all of his wrestling action figures, like, mostly Undertaker. Um, so, yeah, he is a huge wrestling fan. He will be at the Royal Rumble for sure, supporting me, supporting all the other wrestlers.
0: Okay, so ha- when you met him, were you already... Into pro, were you already wrestling for a career?
2: I was already wrestling, yeah. Um, I didn't know that he was a wrestling fan until later, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was
0: that something he had to keep a secret where it's like, I don't want to freak her out, you know? She's so gonna think that like I'm a crazy stalker and now I want to be with a pro wrestler. Like, did he was he keeping it a secret?
2: No, no, he was very upfront with it. He's like, Oh, hey, like, by the way, I know who you are, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: That's so, funny. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how does how does I, I know every time we have pro wrestlers on my show, uh, I like talking about the travel schedule. I know it's super grueling. So for for my listeners who who aren't uh, as aware of of how you guys work and how you guys travel, what's a regular week for Shotzi? Ah,
2: uh, well, um, I fly out on Thursdays um, for SmackDown do the SmackDown and then I have live events Saturday and Sunday and then I come home Monday and then usually, you know, try to get some training in on Tuesday and Wednesday. So yeah, it's like a full schedule of wrestling and thinking about wrestling and watching wrestling.
0: (laughs) And so, and so what's the travel crew? You go to SmackDown Friday, then you got to get the rental. You got to go to the other stops. Who do you travel the road with?
2: Um, mostly Scarlett and Cross, like those are, those are my besties. I'm always traveling with them. Sometimes Bianca, um, if she's not with her husband, um, but sometimes I like to just go out by myself and just, you know, meditate in the car. Sometimes like those long drives are a good way for me to just decompress and just think about, I don't know, life.
0: (laughs) So when did you, uh, when did you fall in love? With pro wrestling, like all wrestling fans, like I I have a moment when I was a little boy, like when did you fall in love with pro wrestling?
2: You know, I I wasn't a huge wrestling fan as a kid. I watched it a little bit with my brother and we like played all the games growing up, but it wasn't until like um, 2013 when I had like dropped out of musical theater college and I like needed like I needed a new some sort of like performing outlet. And I was watching wrestling. I was watching the, uh, the Wyatt family actually. And I was just like, they are so cool. I want to be the female version of them. Me and my sister would watch it together. And like, we wanted to be them. We wanted to be a tag team and like be like the Wyatt family. So like, that was the moment that I was like, I'm going to start wrestling. I need to do this. This is my calling. Like, this is like theater, but like aggressive and awesome.
0: When did you realize that, you know what? Like, I, I think I might be pretty good at this.
2: Um, It was probably like, I don't know, like six months in, like I was really getting the hang of it. And like, um, I noticed like, hey, I'm kind of fearless. I'm kind of awesome. I, I kind of can do this.
0: who's been your favorite to be in the ring with
2: oh um probably eo or, or bailey um they bring something out of me and they're just like so easy to work with and i probably shouldn't say that because like they're bad guys but like i just really i really love working them they bring something out of me
0: do you uh do you have a preference uh what do you find easier or maybe more enjoyable working as babyface or working as heel?
2: Uh I think I I, I gravitate towards being a babyface more just cuz like I'm so goofy and it's really hard for me to hide that like any I've had to be a heel like being so serious and being like angry at people like I don't know I haven't found like my groove As a heel yet, I don't think like I'm just too ridiculous. I can't, I can't not smile and just be silly.
0: (laughs) And and how about, how about war games? How did that go for you? Like, did you love Uh, how it went down?
2: I absolutely loved war games. I think that was like definitely like a defining moment for me just because like, just, just being in the ring and teaming up against with the women that I was teaming up against or or teaming with um, you know, champions that main evented WrestleMania. Like I just I just looked at them while we were there and I'm just like, wow, like my future is so big and like I'm I'm in the ring with these amazing women and just looking up to them and learning from them in that moment was um you know eye-opening.
0: I feel like there's so much going like we can say that about the Royal Rumble as well, but war games too. How do you, how do you keep your focus to make sure that you're in the right spots? You're doing what you need to be doing. There's a lot happening at once there. And by the way, keeping safe.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot, especially like with matches like those, they're, they're they're so unpredictable. Like you don't know what's going to happen with like these weapons that we're using. Like there's, there's crazy timing with everything and there's so many people in the ring. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to juggle. And, you know, like we, we plan it all the day of. And it's 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 a lot. It's a yeah. lot to work with. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people don't don't give us enough credit for how much we have to juggle in these crazy matches.
0: Do you have a goal? Obviously, you want to win Royal Rumble on Saturday night. Do you, who are you looking for when you when you get into that ring? Who do you have your eyes set on?
2: Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm not sure who all is going to be in there, but um, I, I don't know. Everybody, just chucking everyone out, everyone that I can, you
0: know. <laughs> Royal Rumble is so much fun. It's it's going to be a great atmosphere, obviously. It's in a stadium, St. Pete. I'm going to be there taking my son. It's, it's going to be really fun. Uh, Friday night, Kaseya Center, SmackDown here in Miami, Ticketmaster.com. Favorite horror movie for Shotzi. All-time favorite horror movie. What is it?
2: Uh, so, you know, I'm a huge John Carpenter fan and I'm a huge Kurt Russell fan. You put those two together, you have The Thing. Um, That is my all-time favorite horror movie. The practical effects alone gets me going. Uh, that's hands down my favorite.
0: Shotzi, excellent job. Good to meet you and good luck this week. And I appreciate you spending time with us.
2: So nice meeting you. Thank you.
0: And again, this Friday night, Kaseya Center, Ticketmaster.com, WWE SmackDown, final stop before Royal Rumble. I can't wait for Royal Rumble. All right. Anyway, this has been a fun show. You you know what what makes the show even better? If you're listening to Zaslow Show 2.0 right now, and you've been thinking about getting a new car, and you're like, man, I don't know where to go. Does Zaslow have any suggestions? Of course I have a suggestion. I send you to the official car dealership of Zaslo Show 2.0, the only car dealership I personally endorse. You know I'm talking about North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. And North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, they're celebrating the new year with incredible offers on all new Subarus in stock, as well as every pre-owned vehicle on their lot right now. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you can make zero down payment, make zero payments for three months, and make zero security deposit. What if I told you you could lease the 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Premium for just $219 a month for 36 months with $54.95 due at signing with approved credit? You can go to nflsubaru.com, nflsubaru.com for full details. They have an extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory at North Fort L'Oreal Subaru. Plus, use cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model. You're sure to find your next vehicle at North Fort L'Oreal Subaru and All new Subarus and most pre-owned vehicles, they come with a lifetime warranty, so you know that you're covered. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So, this is major news. Speaking of WWE, you get the news this morning. WWE has announced that they have come to a broadcast rights agreement for 2025, starting in 2025. Monday Night Raw, which has been on USA Network, but has always been on linear television since its inception, which I think was back in 1993. WWE Raw is going to stream exclusively on Netflix beginning in 2025. That is, it's it's a, I think I said a 10 year deal worth $5 billion. It is a massive, it is a game changing deal SmackDown remains on regular, on cable television. It's actually going to move to USA Network. But Monday Night Raw is going to be exclusively on Netflix beginning in 2025. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. How about this? So after the Cowboys, we we know the Cowboys got their shit kicked in in Wildcard Weekend. I'll never understand this stuff. You got got Cowboys uh, uh, family members. And in this case, it's CeeDee Lamb's mother. CeeDee Lamb's mother posts on social media, Dak isn't it. I'll never understand the point in that. This is a big deal. I don't know how you continue to have a relationship. It was like when when Odell Beckham Jr.'s father posted the video highlights or lowlights of Baker Mayfield. How do you keep working with Odell Beckham? In this case, CeeDee Lamb's mother is trashing Dak Prescott on social media. How do they continue to work together? That's a big deal. I'll never understand the family members who think this is a good idea to do this. Big deal or not a big deal. So last night, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're trailing Arizona 3-2. I think it's early in the third period. There's a delayed penalty. Pittsburgh has the puck. A delayed penalty is coming up on Arizona. Arizona. And which means that they're going to pull the goalie, get an extra skater, and they're going to try and accomplish something right now. And I was actually explaining to my son last night watching the Panther game when the Panthers and every team did the same thing. He's like, why do they pull the goalie there when the game's still going on? I said, well, because they, they, they could bring on an extra skater because it's a delayed penalty. And if the other team touches the puck, then the play stops and the penalty begins. So you can pull your goalie and get an extra skater. There's no risk. Yeah, there's no risk unless this happens.
3: The Pens generated this upcoming penalty on Arizona thanks to a shorthanded two-on-one with Rustin Achari. They didn't score. Oh my goodness, they just did it on themselves! Unbelievable.
0: We don't see that every day. Total disaster of Genny Malkin. Like, I, I can't even get on the guy who passed the puck back because it wasn't even really in front of the goal that he did. Malkin, so nonchalant and totally mishandled the puck, and it goes in their own goal. You, I do wonder how that doesn't happen, not more often, but every now and then. And it happened there last night. Total disaster. That's a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, This is this morning on Get Up. So here's Ryan Clark essentially admitting that he's been saying things about Brock Purdy this entire season, things that he didn't even mean. This is not a good idea.
3: I'm about to uh, make a confession. Hmm. The single hardest thing I had to do this year was act like Brock Purdy deserved to be in the conversations with the other people we're mentioning in that tweet. Because he was playing extremely well and operating in that offense and distributing the ball to Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, we had to continue to include him in conversations with the Lamar Jacksons. We had to continue to include him in conversations with the Josh Allen. Those things are not alike. Brock Purdy is a fine player. Brock Purdy can operate in Kyle Shanahan's offense at an extremely efficient level. Brock Purdy doesn't raise the level of play of anyone around him. And so when you talk about Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, the people around them benefit from having those sorts of players at the quarterback position. Brock Purdy benefits from having the sort of players he has at the skill positions around him.
0: Yeah, I'm going big deal. That's it's not a good look for Ryan Clark, and you know what? It's not a good look for the rest of us, because now people are gonna say, "Well, hold up, you're you're making fake arguments. Like like you're doing it just so you could do embrace debate and all of that. What? Like everything that Ryan Clark said there about Brock Purdy is totally reasonable. Then why this whole time was he saying otherwise? You lose a lot of credibility there if you're Ryan Clark. I don't like that, so I'm going big deal, and that right there. Is another addition a big deal? Not a big deal. Kyle Lowry getting traded—that's not a big. That's a best deal. You know what I'm talking about? Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks everybody who listened. What a great day! I mean, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's game. Now maybe we get Rozier debuting, but we definitely don't have to watch Kyle Lowry anymore. Thanks everybody who helped put together a great show today. You guys are awesome. Can't do it without your help. And, of course, thanks to you guys for listening. We'll talk to you on Zaslow show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means.